All right, welcome along. Health Naturally is the name of the game, and uh, Dennis Stewart is here at 2NURFM. Good afternoon, mate. How are you, Mark? Look, I'm ready to get into a big hour of health questions oh, today. Wow. That, that means something to me, Mark. Oh, well, that's how we do it. <laughs> 49216216, Dennis is ready. He'll fire up. He'll do health. He'll do international politics, espionage and intrigue. You name it, we'll do it. And men's fashion as well. <laughs> um, Dennis, the the herb you want to talk about today, the American herb, it's big yes, there, it's yes. golden seal, and you yes. even had a crack at it here in the Hunter. Oh, we did. And uh, golden seal, as I'll talk about in a moment, is probably the single most important herb in what we call the Western herbal tradition. And I had the privilege of introducing the possibility of growing it here in Australia even in the Hunter Valley, rather tragically, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right, we're growing herbs with Dennis Stewart today. Good afternoon, Elizabeth at West Wall's End. Uh, cholesterol is on your mind. What's going on, Elizabeth? Um, i just like to know, <clears throat> the last few times I had blood tests are slowly going up. I know um, eating oats, you mentioned that to me a couple of years ago, which I'm eating, Good. but not five days a week because I go to the pool by the time I come home it's 11 o'clock and mm -hmm. I think, bugger it, I'll have lunch. Okay. What I wanted to know was, does espresso granules in coffee cause the cholesterol to go up if I'm drinking too much of it? I wouldn't think so. Um, oh, right. Coffee contains caffeine. Caffeine, yeah. caffeine is a mild central nervous stimulant. I wouldn't see it um, having any significant uh, contribution to cholesterol elevation, but could I ask you a question, Elizabeth? Or yep. What did your doctor say your cholesterol level was? I never asked him. Well, I'm going well, back in three uh, okay. weeks' time. Well, you know, look, and I say this to, to all listeners, discuss your health with your doctor discuss what the readings, uh, crucial readings, might be. Ask what those readings mean. Get advice on why you've been placed on any medication. You need to uh, realise that the day of just accepting a prescription, this is certainly my opinion and I've got to use that terminology, the day of just accepting a prescription uh, on face value, in my opinion, is over. You need... Uh, to ask questions from your practitioner, whether it be a medical or a naturopathic practitioner, as to why you're taking it, what you can expect, or if it is said that one of your markers, be it cholesterol or blood sugar, is elevating, you need to know what the reading was, what is the significance of the reading, what are the acceptable levels for uh, the, the test that you're having. That brings you into the picture and makes you a little bit more... Uh, understandable about what the elevation is. It might only be a very insignificant uh, elevation, hardly worthwhile worrying about. But in in my experience, in my experience, um, the drugs that are frequently given for cholesterol elevation, uh, in my opinion, are too frequently prescribed. Now I know that's going to get me into a lot of trouble by the mainstream medical pr practitioner network, but there are many steps to take in seeking to control your cholesterol uh, with a natural means rather than going for the heavy guns, which presently are the basis of uh, cholesterol management within the mainstream medical <coughs> profession. Ask your doctor what the, uh, what the reading was. And one of the yep. things that I'd throw in here, and it's very simple to do and inexpensive, you're doing the right thing with, with, with oats, which is a, a form of soluble fibre, and soluble fibre does have an impact uh, in, in assisting 
to uh, manage uh, cholesterol elevation. But um, there is a better, I won't say a better way, but there is an additional way. There are preparations of, of what are called oat bran. Now, yep. uh, your pharmacist would know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and though the preparation I'm talking about comes in little satchels, satchels of oat bran. One of those satchels a day has been shown, and it's on the label of the product in your pharmacy, one of those satchels a day has been shown to be useful, has shown to be useful in lessening the rise in cholesterol, helping to maintain it, and in some cases, bring a moderately elevated level of cholesterol back below the 5.5 to 5.2 level. Try, uh, go to your pharmacy, talk about that. One of these satchels a day, I'm not going to mention brand names, but your pharmacist would know it comes in a yellow pack and they yep. come in little satchels. One of those a day, tell your doctor what you're doing. Uh, resist going onto the heavy guns until you have exhausted all means. Try that yeah. after you've been doing it for about, oh, say, three months. Get your, get your good doctor to run another cholesterol test on you and see where you're at. Of course, Elizabeth, the big question is you, we started on coffee. We might as well end there. What, what, what sort of flavour is your best? What do, you, what do you enjoy? A cup of what? Am I allowed to say the brand? Or what sort of coffee? Or is it just coffee for you? <clears throat> well, it's granulated espresso. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Good on you, Elizabeth, and all the best with all of that. G'day, James at Shoal Bay. Uh, reflux is something you want to have a chat today. Good afternoon. How are you? Hello, James. Hi, Ennis. Uh, yeah, I've been taking Harriet uh, for quite a number of years. Yes. I'd like to avoid taking medication if I could or anything. Okay. Um, look, James, your your doctor and your pharmacist will probably tell you now that there's uh, a bit of a reaction um, going on with reference to these sorts of medications, these uh, so-called proton pump inhibitors. There's a bit of a movement away, and quite a few of my colleagues who are pharmacists who, um, who also use natural medicine uh, uh, very quickly uh, moving towards trying to use natural substances to lessen the explosion of these brackets of drugs to manage uh, reflux conditions. I'll give you a few little hints. Um, and if, if you go down this pathway, uh, you should let your medical manager know uh, what you're doing. But uh, the first thing I would suggest is that you uh, take on board the importance of a herb called meadow sweet. Now, meadowsweet is a well-known herb in the Western herbal tradition, well-defined in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which is the Bible of modern medicine, where it is called up, amongst other things, for things like hyperacidity, which is the old name for, for uh, gastroesophageal reflux. So um, I would suggest that you uh, source some meadowsweet herbal tea, a good health food store, a good uh, compounding pharmacist, or if, if you can't get it anywhere else, certainly from my rooms in New Lambton, start to use meadowsweet as a herbal tea taken in, in a basic form of about three cups of the tea per day. Very simple herbalism, but herbalism was always simple until, until modern times. Use that. Now, in conjunction with it, also don't overlook the importance of, of herbs that contain 
what's called mucilage, M-U-C-I-L-A-G-E. Now, mucilage is a natural substance in herbs such as slippery elm and marshmallow. And the way they, those substances work is that if they are taken regularly and not just ad hoc, if they are taken regularly, what they do is put a, an effective transitory barrier on the wall of the gastrointestinal tract and that sets up a, uh, sets up a protective environment uh, to lessen uh, irritability of the gut wall, uh, which may, may with, uh, in conjunction with Meadowsweet, permit you to trial going off the medication that's been prescribed for you. There are some situations where that would be ill-advised, but if you are intent on doing it and with your doctor monitoring you, that is a simple, inexpensive and very safe way of seeing if using that technique of Meadowsweet uh, in, a, in preferably a tea or a capsule form in conjunction with slippery old powder or marshmallow taken across the day. I have many patients do, that do well on that combination, James. At Adamstown, good afternoon, Carol. Lymphatic colitis is uh, your topic today. Good afternoon. Hello. How are you? I'm well, Carol. How can we help you? Um, I've got um, colitis. Yes. There's about three different types yes. currently. Yes. And I've got one starting with, I haven't got the long word with me, it's lymphomatic or something. Lymphatic, yes. Okay. Colitis. Okay. It's inflammation of the bowel and right. it gives um, lots of diarrhoea. Yes. Um, unfortunately, constant going to the toilet and total yes. irritation of the gut. Yes. Now, uh, has your... The gastroenterologist uh, got you on appropriate medication? I'm going to see a specialist. I'm on nothing at the moment except what the dietitian's doing with me, um, which is just pureed food. Um, How how long have you had the diagnosis? uh, Since since a colonoscopy some months back. Okay. And I've been on. I went to see one specialist, and then he said, "Put me to a professor. I'm going to see." Yes. Um, and they want to eventually. I think it's steroids. Yes. Yes. Prednisone. A steroids trial, yes. and then antibiotics as yes. well after that. Yes. Look, it's uh, it's certainly a, a medical condition, and mm. w- you would be ill advised to uh, try to do anything uh, yourself. Uh, unless there are good grounds for doing so. And uh, if you were to do anything, that would have to be communicated uh, to your medical managers. But Mm. there are a few things which would probably follow along the lines that your dietician may well be working along. And Mm -hmm. one or two of them might sound a little bit left field, but at the end of it, you'll find that there's good uh, material to back up what I'm going to say. Now, uh, years and years ago, there was a famous uh, British gastroenterologist who uh, extolled the virtues of using uh, the juice of cabbage as an agent to address inflammatory conditions of the large bowel. Now, that might sound rather radical until you come to understand that the dark outside leaves of the cabbage or the brassica family, as we call it, contains mm-hmm. a substance which is known as vitamin U. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a, a proper name for it, but vitamin U is its uh, common name, and that means uh, it's, it has an anti-ulcerous or anti-inflammatory action. There is, a yeah. ba- there is a basis to using it, and in the past I have recommended it, uh, sometimes successfully and with 
the patient's medical practitioner knowing, I have sometimes recommended it to be taken in conjunction uh, with potato water and mm-hmm. carrot and carrot juice as a drink. And that okay. has sometimes helped people. If you were to Google um, cabbage vitamin U and mm-hmm. ulcerous conditions, you should mm-hmm. be able to find adequate support for what I have said. So mm-hmm. that's something that you can take on board and sometimes uh, this left field unusual uh, material at the end of the day can be the only thing that that addresses it successfully hence the importance of what I refer to as complementary medicine let me just emphasize that my having I was drawn attention or drew drew attention to this uh, by reading a text written by the British gastroenterologist on substances to treat the large bowel, and one of them was to harness the vitamin U, or it's a technical name, uh, for that condition. The other thing, though, that would seem to also not conflict with what your dietitian may be doing is to extol the virtues of what I said a moment ago, and that is natural substances that contain the protective material known as mucilage, M-U-C-I-L-A-G-E. M-U-C-I-L-A-G-E, mucilage, and the two herbs that are popularly used and have been used for centuries in the Western tradition with good, credible documentation today are slippery elm on its own or in Mm. combination with the European uh, herb marshmallow. That is usually taken as a powdered preparation, very, very bland and very, very soothing uh, Mm -hmm. for the bowel wall. The uh, other thing that a herbalist would uh, would do is seek to prescri- prescribe uh, herbs that have what what are called an astringent principle. Now, an astringent principle means that it has a, a dehydrating effect on uh, on the secretions coming from the gut. In other words, mm-hmm. the, the watery nature of the diarrhoea is sometimes uh, significantly lessened by astringing the bowel wall and, and mm-hmm. herbs herbs that are sometimes used for that are as simple as uh, an extract of blackberry leaf an extract mm-hmm. an extract of raspberry leaf or any herb any medicinal herb that's called up in the western herbal medicine tradition containing large content of astringent activity they're two simple herbs and if you look at the history of blackberry leaf and raspberry leaf in traditional and even folk medicine, you will find you will find that they were popularly used to address uh, very acute levels of diarrhoea. So there are three things to think about. I'm not yeah. su- suggesting any gung ho approach, but there are a few things that you can do a little bit of uh, looking around, googling. I will and, until I go, which yeah. is the end. They did yeah. a biopsy yeah, good, on me, and they yeah. found this. See, yeah. and it was after like some cancer surgery and surgery and some years later I've ended up with all this you know this problem does the the juice of the cabbage does the cabbage need to be raw or cooked no if you're going to use or harness its benefits it has to be the darker outside Mm -hmm. leaves and they have to be juiced raw Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting you do that uh, on your own you need to do it uh, with medical uh, attention but mm-hmm. perhaps what I'm challenging you to do is to prove me wrong, and I won't be proven wrong on this because <laughs> it will be supported that the brassica family is well known to contain a principle that has an anti-ulcerous, anti-hemorrhagic effect 
on the bowel wall. Best of luck with all of that, Carol. Dennis, I always think there's, when you're talking about um, raw versus cooked food, yeah. here's a thought. We can actually make raw food sound better than the word raw by, sub, by changing it to fresh. Do I, I have, have do I have the cabbage cooked or do I have it fresh? Uh, okay. Yeah, no? Well, I think I learn something from you every time it's, I do a session a, with you. Just a little bit of marketing, Dennis. You, you are a man of <laughs> profound knowledge. Claire at Stockton. Claire, you, there's an itching uh, issue for you. What's happening? Yes, Claire, we are, we're ready to go for you. Are you here? All right, so we, we've got no Claire Dennis, so uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll ask for some more calls four nine two one six two one six. Look, in the meanwhile, um, the term that you did want to talk about, so let's open yes. up the conversation today yeah. on golden seal. Yeah. What is it? What is it? What's it used for? And then we'll get into your well, growing of it. I I would preface it again by saying that it is probably the most significant herb in the Western herbal tradition, American in in origin, and. Um, very difficult to grow. I think I said earlier in the program that uh, I attempted to grow it here on the Hunter, but the climate, uh, the soil doesn't lend itself to it, albeit uh, when we brought in um, plants through customs uh, and quarantine years ago, uh, we were able to successfully propagate it down on the Southern Highlands. The climate, the soil of, of Barrel and Robertson just saw it take off. It's not difficult uh, to actually um, tissue culture, but the planting out of it here in the Hunter proved to be too difficult, unlike Echinacea. Mm. But I throw in this challenge that if there are herb growers out there that want to take up a challenge, Golden Seal is the way to go. It is now probably the most expensive herb that is used in Western herbal medicine because of its increased rarity and the way in which it is so popularly used medically, pharmaceutically, and naturopathically. It's known in the profession as the herb to address most pathologies of what are called the mucous membranes. So that lady that rang up with reference uh, to colitis, uh, colitis inflammation of the large bowel or the colon. In professional herbalism, meadow, uh, not meadow sweet, but golden seal would be used as one herb to address the inflammatory process. It's a professional herb to use and it would only be used by professional therapists such as myself and my colleagues. But it finds its reputation in inflammatory, uh, diseased and infected states of the mucous membranes. It's very, very, very effectively used. And I say this because many people suffer this condition. It is very effectively used in treating upper respiratory tract infections things like sinusitis, is a classic condition for which golden seal has a profound reputation, usually when combined with herbs such as echinacea. And I throw that in because many people suffer sinusitis. Many people would not have tried a liquid formulation based on the specific proven abilities of this mucous membrane remedy to address the condition, usually in conjunction with echinacea. So there's a classic example of the importance of this remedy. Anyone presenting to a naturopath or a medical herbalist with a chronic, and I emphasise chronic condition, recurring sinus infections, in my opinion, the way to go is to harness this classic proven remedy, usually in conjunction with echinacea. And top of that, because of its rarity and hard to grow and all the rest of it, you want to make a quid too. 
<laughs> You'd like to think so. <laughs> well, anything. It's getting harder and harder out there these days, Dennis. Oh, yes, it is. Well, the big problem, of course, uh, quite seriously, is that uh, the scarcity of herbs from North America mm. as a result of the herbal renaissance over the last 40-odd years has led to many herbs which, were, when I started practice, very, very economical to import and very available. These days, it's the opposite. The American selection has become difficult to get, very expensive, but we still manage to get them. Supply, demand and all of that. Good afternoon, Vicky at Caves Beach. Uh, you're on with Dennis right now. Good day, Vicky. Good afternoon. How are you, Dennis? Hello, Vicky. How are you? Good, thank you, darling. Good, good. I'm just ringing for hubby Steve. He's been suffering from sciatica for quite a while and just wondering oh, dear, if dear, he's looking at my helping. Look, sciatica is, is a difficult condition to, to, to manage and um, I th- he, he's probably proven the, that by the, the time that he's had it and the ups and downs associated with it. Look, yep. interestingly, interestingly, there are one or two herbs uh, in the pharmacopoeia and you would have heard me mention the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia over and over again. Why do I mention it? Because it is considered these days to be the modern representation of Western herbalism, a text developed by British medical practitioners, British pharmacognosists, British pharmacists, and British herbalists of great renown. Now, in, in, in that, uh, in that uh, book, there is a herb botanically known as Harpagophytum, uh, I don't want to frighten you, but that is the botani- <laughs> that is the botanical name for a herb called Devil's Claw. Devil's right? Claw. Now, okay. Devil's Claw is a, is a famous remedy. It was, um, how can I call it? It was discovered um, by German colonists in, okay. uh, in West Africa. And the, uh, the, the Germans, who are always very interested in natural remedies, the whole culture and tradition is oriented towards that, they were yep. impressed by the way in which it was used by the native population and then subsequently themselves to address conditions of an inflammatory and painful nature, one of them being sciatica. So I have used it on and off over my career, sometimes okay. sometimes with great success, sometimes with minimal success, sometimes okay. with no success. The good thing about it is it is very inexpensive. It is readily available, either, okay. in, either in liquid form or an encapsulated form. Uh, yep. I, d- I don't know what your dear husband has done at this point, but I, I throw it in that it might be useful um, giving uh, him a try on, yep. the, on the herb known as Devil's Claw, uh, recommended for benefit in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia. But I'll be quick. I'll be quick to say something here that I mentioned to a client yesterday who knew all about this remedy. Yeah. Uh, a little interesting story uh, to, to to fill in some further information for your husband there. There, yeah. are, there are a bracket of remedies these days, unfortunately, not as popular and not as well used as they were when I started practice. I still use them with great enthusiasm. They were, yeah. co- they were called Schuessler's biochemic cell salts. These oh. days they're just known as cell salts and cell they're salt. very inexpensive. Uh, yep. They're made by companies of great renown who have been doing it for many, many years. Okay. One of those cell salts is abbreviated as MAGFOS, M-A-G-P-H-O-S. MAGFOS, usually in the 6X potency. Now, this lady that I was talking to in my rooms yesterday as a patient actually worked for a company in Sydney that I had a lot to do with years ago. 
for whom yeah. she was a representative and she okay. knew all about Mag Foss and its relationship, interestingly, to sciatica. And it just so happened that in the context, I reached up to one of my bookshelves in my room at New Lambton and pulled down this little prescribing text that was given to me by a very dear elderly patient from Newcastle who has probably okay. passed on now, very elderly, lovely lady. She gave it to me because it was the text that her husband used uh, as a layman um, to get the information on Mag Foss that she claimed cured his sciatica. Okay. So I, I, I have learnt in practice not to dispute what, what clients or patients or lay people tell you. Sometimes they uh, come up with things that are more downright effective than some of the whiz-bang approaches of modern medicine. There's a little bit of uh, encouragement. Uh, Magfos in a cell salt, 6X potency. Get it from your health food store, pharmacy, or my rooms at New Lambton, wherever, I don't care. But also use the herb devil's claw. 